Now the CFL fans have come alive. They've been waiting for this all day. Wayne in Victoria, B.C. If Cody says he's hurt, then the Riders should sit him for at least a week. We'll then find out how good Mason Fine is. Just my opinion. Cody Fajardo is the highest paid Rough Rider in franchise history. If he's breathing, he's going to tell you he's playing. They're going to put the guy out there that gives him the best chance to win. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. It is hour two coming at you live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino in beautiful Calgary, Alberta, voted the world's third most livable city. Boy, we got a lot of stuff to get to today. Let's bring this next guy in. I, I had to move the camera around, move myself around here. We got Mark Steven here, the longtime voice of the Calgary Stampeders, iconic Calgary broadcaster. And as Mark just said, smiling. Lots to talk about, Mark. This is supposed to be the deadest time of the year. It's not. No, I'm having trouble finding time for everything yes, to talk about. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, lots of CFL stories, both on and off the field. Specifically here, all the hockey news is being made right here. So, yeah, lots to talk it's about. It's the epicenter. Yes, it is. Calgary, Alberta. And I just want to say this because we're going to get into the CFL stuff here. And um, Max Raven writes in. He's watching on YouTube where we're streaming. And he says, the RP Show is the best source of CFL news here in the States. And I'm like, I never even thought about that. But 20% of our viewers are American. So, uh, well, thank you, Max, for tuning in. I brought Mark here for some CFL talk, obviously. But if you'd have been watching before we had the camera turned on, we were talking about Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. They cannot get enough talk of this in this town. And it's not ending until Kachuk gets traded. Well, add it up. Uh, has any team ever had two All-Stars and 100-point scores vanish in the same offseason? The answer is probably no. I don't have all the records in front of me, but Johnny Gaudreau is a first-line all-NHL winger. Kachuk was the second-team all-NHL right winger. They're gone. It's just circumstances and a bizarre set of coincidences. Both were 100-point scores. How does Elias Lindholm feel in the middle? He was centering the best line in the NHL. Now he has no clue who he's going to play with. So, no, it's, it's a seismic. I, I can't understate how big this is that uh, not one but both guys are gone in the same offseason. Three days of each other. What are you telling your listeners? How are you counseling them? Why, they want to know why they left. Well, in Gaudreau's case, he had the option as a UFA. That's a little different. Uh, the only thing in his little long uh, epistle he put out yesterday, he says, we could have got this done last summer. Then pick up a pen. You know, so that, that was a little different. And we can sit here and second-guess ourselves that they should have acted sooner on it. I don't know. I wasn't in on the talks. Truly, they believe they thought they had a deal to the last minute. And Gaudreau thought he was going to sign here. Since neither of us were there, we're going to have to take them at their word. But the only thing, like, why wasn't it done last summer? And if he didn't do it last summer, should the Flames have acted? Should Johnny Gaudreau have acted? The Kachuk one's a little different in the sense that he's got a year to go. But I think there's a lot of element that they've both rejected Calgary, the team that drafted them and the organization and the city. And why? Is it just circumstances? Is it because they're both American-born stars that want to move closer to home? I don't know. But it's, it's seismic. It can't be understated how big this is. A lot of questions from Flames fans, yeah. and they're not dealing uh, with it well at all. And, and before we do switch gears to uh, the Canadian Football League, will the Flames be good next year? I feel like they have a chance to be, and people say I'm nuts. Well, you've got a good coach. And let's remember, they are going to get some people back for... Uh, uh, you know, Matthew Kachuk. And number two, they do have some salary cap room now with Johnny Gaudreau out the door. But will they be a 100-plus point team next year? No, they won't. But uh, we'll see. And, you know, let's flip it the other way. Maybe it's time to give some other people a chance, too. 
What exactly did these guys bring them? You know, one first-round win? They uh, weren't maybe. playoff performers. Well, maybe, maybe not. But I'm just, you know, Goodrow played pretty well this year. Not as good as Edmonton's guys. I'm just simply saying, you know, this organization has not much playoff success. And Johnny Goodrow was around for two first-round series wins. Let's give him credit. And Kachuk for one. But I think the bar should be a little higher than winning in a first round. When somebody's in my face here saying that the Flames need to f- trade everybody and scrap it and tank for Connor Bedard, that's when I do a heel turn and walk out. Yeah. I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. No, and here's the other thing, too, that first of all, that would involve mega, mega deals. There's enough here to keep them competitive. Playoff bound, I can't say for sure, but there's enough talent to keep them competitive, and they've signed some people long-term. Uh, you know, the whole Bedard thing. And the other thing, too, about these guys, teams that go into the tank, uh, how many of them emerge? Not a lot. It's easier to get rid of people. It's bringing in the right people. Maybe some of them will, and maybe uh, they'll move on up. But, uh, you know, it took Edmonton a long time to be taken, you know, as one of the heavyweights, right? So. And they still could have missed the playoffs last yep. year. As of new, the new year, they were out of the playoffs. And behind the flames. Yep. Right. So things can change uh, in yep. a hurry. Speaking of Connor Bedard, by the way, you can see him in Team Canada at the World Juniors with Team Canada. I'm assuming he's going to make the team August 9th to the 20th, breaking Gretzky's record for goals in a game. Tickets on sale now at HockeyCanada.ca for as low as $40. There's a double... Wait a minute. Before we get to the doubleheader tonight in the CFL, what are you seeing over the border in Saskatchewan with... Saturday's game in jeopardy due to a COVID outbreak with the Green. Well, very unfortunate. Uh, you know, I, I guess we'd kind of put it in the back of our minds that COVID wasn't an issue. Edmonton had some issues, but that was last year. So I don't quite know what to make of it, except uh, it's obviously throwing uh, the Rough Riders and the CFL for a bit of a loop. Uh, how far can they push that game back? I don't know. Do they want to push that game back? Or should it be incumbent on Saskatchewan to bring as many guys off the uh, both injured list and uh, uh, practice roster to fill out their roster? Yes, they're sick. I'm really sorry. I hope everybody's well. But how much accommodation do you make? It's an area I'm not really familiar with. But it's it's got to be pretty uh, upsetting, I would say, for sure. Touch wood. Uh, the Stampeders have done pretty well COVID-wise, yep. right? Yep. They have. But every team's been touched some. There's some guys in contact tracing and that stuff. But, it's yeah, it hasn't been an issue today. So. Mark Stampeders are on a bye. Uh, our viewers have said that the, the matchups in the CFL this week aren't that salacious, and I respectfully disagree. I could make it Toronto Saskia side. Who knows if they're going to play? That would probably be, to me, the most salacious yeah. matchup. But Montreal at Ottawa tonight's got a lot of great storylines. And how do you think it'll unfold? I think Montreal will win. These aren't two teams. So that do I. Yeah. No, no. I have Ottawa. I'm sorry. I got Ottawa. Oh. I just don't Too see. Too bad. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't see much from Ottawa. Montreal's got to cut down their penalties. They can't be giving up 13 and having guys tackle receivers like they did last week. But uh, I think Montreal will squeak one out. Uh, uh, two teams, the two most struggling teams in the league right now. But I think Montreal will find a way to squeak it out. Uh, something's way off in Ottawa. There, they got all this free agency talent in there again, and they're they're worse. <sighs> I'm not done talking about that game yet. Uh, for like, I thought Ottawa would win tonight because they have to. John Lynch would say they'll win because they have to. Well, but so maybe they don't own. have yeah. to. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is Ottawa. How could they be so bad for this long? Quarterback instability is a big thing. Yeah. But let's add it up. Calgary and Ottawa played in the Grey Cup in 18. Are you, I mean, just look at the difference between the two teams. Stamps haven't returned to the Grey Cup. I get it. But they've been competitive in a playoff team and are, again, Ottawa has been uh, clunking at the bottom of the barrel. It's shocking, really, to see what happened in 1920. 
19 and 21, and now 22. I do want to come back on the Stampeders uh, maybe next segment. but So you got Montreal. I'll take Ottawa for the John Lynch reasoning. They, have, they will win because they have to. You know how he is. Yeah. Yep. Hamilton at BC tonight. The Lions are favored by eight. I won't ask you if, about the point spread or anything, but how, B, BC can't lose this one, I don't think. Uh, unlikely. I would say, yeah, they've got to be favored at home. I, I, BC does. They've had the bye week and uh, without the lengthy travel and that. So, you know, and Hamilton just has to cut down on their egregious turnovers. It's been uh, terrible. That was a really good game last week that they won, but, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that went their way. But, yeah, I would, I would favor BC. I would think so, yeah. So that's the doubleheader tonight. Six hours of football on TSN. I know you'll be enjoying that immensely. And while we're at it, I might, should ask you about Winnipeg at Edmonton. The Bombers announcing their roster today. They will not have Greg Ellingson, who's one of my favorite players, let alone receivers in the CFL, nor Jackson Jeffcoat. Will it matter for them in Edmonton? Well, uh, first, uh, it's too bad because he was fantastic, Ellingson, against the Stamps last week. He was really amazing. Uh, Winnipeg has enough to overcome that. But I, I, think, uh, I think Edmonton is starting to get it together. Uh, you talk about teams that, quote, have to win it. You know, they haven't won at home since when, right? The Elks are winless at home in their history, if you want to get picky. But uh, they haven't <laughs> won since 2019 at they home. They said it. Yeah. The Elks are unbeaten, not, not the Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm just simply saying, you know, there's a lot of pressure there. They've won two games on the road, two very compelling wins. But, uh, you know, their last home game was 49-6, to the hands of the Stampeders. But they're getting better. Uh, are they a threat? Probably not just yet. Uh, but uh, let's put it this way. Winnipeg will win, but they'll know they've been in a game. This will not be 49-6, that I can tell you. I'm not sure what the spread is. Well, I could look it up on it. It doesn't matter. Uh, Winnipeg will win. But I'll tell you what. I said to Mark, I think the very first episode you showed up here, which was like in January, February, I said, what a sports cornucopia it is out here. When I went to college, I was 17, 18. I didn't even realize it. Now, I went to your game in Edmonton, and I'm driving home. I left at halftime, sorry to say. (laughs) The storm. I'm going back and forth between the Calgary broadcast and the Edmonton broadcast. It's so much fun. The fans are so entertained out here. You guys... You were pretty excited that night. Should be. They played <laughs> yeah, well. Thanks. They did a lot of good things. Well, so. it was so happy. I'm like, I want carnage. I want to watch the train go off the track. So I flipped over to Chad, and I thought Chris Jones was going to blow a, a gasket after the game, and he didn't. Yeah. He was very reasoned and reserved, and actually he gave credit to the Stamps and said that's the measuring stick we all want to get to. Were you surprised that he didn't uh, blow up a little bit after that game? I think I would have had a tough time not blowing I'm up. I'm with you. I, I'm, I am a little surprised that he didn't. Uh, it's one thing to lose, but they just seemed outclassed. And uh, I guess he's just looking at it as a long-term thing, and this was a bump, a huge one. Uh, you know, he could have gone come unglued after their first game in Vancouver, too. I guess he realized a bit of a long-term. Maybe that's just the advantage of having been a coach for a while. But I must admit, I would have had a hard time uh, uh, maintaining the composure that he did. It wasn't 100% all cheerleading, but it, I would have had a hard time being him. 11-11 Mountain, by the way. How did you fill the time? It was an hour-long storm. Right? Yeah. Well, a few things. Number one, uh, we did have a crew back at the station in Calgary, so they were able to just jump right in. The people that do the pregame and the halftime stuff, so they were able to jump right in. Uh, We just kept giving updates as we heard and kept giving descriptions of what was going on in the field. I didn't know Randy Ambrosi was going to be at the game even, and he was there. So we got him on the air. He kind of did the gauntlet. He went to TSN's booth and Chad's and ours. But we had him on for quite a while, and he enjoys coming on because him and our color analyst, Greg Peterson, were teammates a long time ago. So that we had a good visit with him. And uh, so, yeah, it was about It went hour. by not bad, yeah. Yeah, I would, let's put it this way. I'm glad it ended when it did. I don't know how much more we had left, but... Uh, 
I was almost to Calgary by the time the game ended, and that Ooh. wouldn't surprise you. It was a long night. And I left when I saw yeah. those clouds coming oh, in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't regret, I don't regret it. It was uh, a hellacious storm. Yeah. Wow. Was it yeah. ever? So Looked like it was coming to be. It sounded that way. But yeah. your, your compadre on the Elks broadcast, um, Morley Scott said it was one of his longest nights of his life. Have you ever been on the other, other end of a shellacking like that? Not for a while, but yeah. yeah. Um, the longest one uh, would have been uh, back in 2003, after the acrimony of Wally Bono leaving to go to Vancouver, and uh, the Stamps went there and were humiliated 48-4. to It really wasn't that close of a game, i got to tell you. The Stamps <laughs> were so out of it, and uh, that was one. I just, I just couldn't believe the franchise could have sunk to some depth. That was the one long night that just shook my head. Buddy. Yeah. Did the Lions players sense how much that game meant to Wally? Yeah. What, that's what you oh, think yeah. it was? Oh, the Stamps weren't very good either. That was yeah. part of it, too. It was a combination. But, yes, I do think so. And Wally was hyped up and was repeatedly pointing at the scoreboard, too. So. Was he? Mm-hmm. Is he over? He's over that now, though. Isn't over. It? Yeah. Everything's gone. His CFL life is in the past. hope he writes a book someday, but his CFL we got to get on that because I talked to Christy a while back. Uh, it was when, that's his daughter, when the Lions were looking for a general manager. And I talked to her and I said, do you think your dad would come back? She's like, not a chance. I, that's kind of. I talked to him. I guess about three months ago now, and that he didn't come right out and say it. Nor did I ask. But I just got the sense he's so content with where he is. Uh, only because not that he wouldn't love it, but it's why. Yeah, it's retirement. What else is he gonna do? Right. And I don't. Anybody gonna? I don't see anybody catching his winning record uh, now. He's got. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. With. Uh, I mean, the only guy that would have it would be somebody. Like a Mike O'Shea, if he sticks around that time, he's got a great head start, or Dave Dickinson. But they're a long way off. Let's not kid anybody. This is not anything. This is a decade or two away. Yeah. And speaking of, um, we got two minutes here. We can talk about it more coming back on the break. But you mentioned the Stamps. And I apologize to Jeff, the Stamps fan. I forgot about week one. Al's Stamps came down to the last minute. Because I said, I think the Stamps have only had one home game this summer. And I was there, the Elks. But it's been a long time. It hasn't been a great summer schedule. Yeah, I, look, I, maybe we spend some more time in a minute. I know it's convoluted, adjusting all the needs and requirements of nine teams, each who are convinced they're the most important. But the CFL schedule this year is way out of whack. Let me just give you one example. After the Winnipeg game, when Stamps were there last week, Winnipeg had played their sixth game. Toronto had played three. Now, I know they made the next one up, the game in Nova Scotia there. Uh, Stampede have had two bye weeks this month, while Winnipeg and Saskatchewan have yet to have a bye. It's, it, I, I know it's tough. I know you got to adjust the buys. I know there's certain things you need and can't do, but uh, it just seems a little convoluted to me. We've got plenty more to get to. Yeah. We'll turn it over to uh, the viewers. You got questions for Mark? Uh, I'm answer. Ask him the questions instead of me for a change. It'll be a nice change. Mark Stephen with us, the voice of the Stampeders, who's been nice enough to join us on a bye. We're live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. You're watching on Game Plus Television. Also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
Gorgeous day here in Cowtown. Hour two of the RP Show continues as we talk CFL, NHL, and whatever the viewers would like us to talk about. Uh, and I kind of took my eye off the ball here because Mark and I've been getting into a chat, and I apologize for that. But, you know, I guess with the Stampeders, i got to ask you this, and then, and then I will turn it over to the viewers as promised. There's so drama less, Mark. I said they've they've been they've dodged COVID. You don't have any player scandals, and I don't mean off-field stuff. I think the biggest one was that guy that signed in the USFL and the Stamps this offseason, right? And you guys ended up letting him did the Go, right thing yeah. there too. Well, it's not an accident. It's uh, you know stable leadership from the top, so uh, they don't want that stuff. They don't tolerate it, and uh, it's just uh, go about your business. Do you? guys sit around and say our fans don't understand how good they have it or do the fans understand how good they have it with the stamps it's a good question i guess it's all most people have ever known is success and stability but uh i i would like to think that uh, people now recognize that uh where they are in the you know grade of cfl teams that they've always been consistent they've never caused problems uh, lost games, yes, but uh, never any off-field stuff. And uh, that comes right from top. John Huffnagel is pretty good at uh, sensing what's coming up and what may come up and uh, heads it off at the pass. The, uh, yeah, Calgary Stampeders, obviously the marquee franchise in the Canadian Football League. Who is their top rival right now? Well, probably still Saskatchewan right now because Edmonton has really, uh, you know, they've not been very successful and competitive for a long stretch. Yeah, I know they won the Grey Cup in 15, but just go back, say, over the last 25 years, it's been pretty one-sided between the two teams. So I guess you'd have to say Saskatchewan right now. Now, so there's, you had to think about it, though. You thought about Edmonton. Well, because it's historic. Has it ever been, been BC? Probably not. BC's, BC's biggest rival has been Calgary a lot, but uh, Calgary for BC, I mean, maybe in certain situations, but not for any length of time, no. That's uh, obviously a geographic thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, questions for Mark Stephen, let me know. We were talking about the American Hockey League in the break, and now the Heat are moving to town, and it'd be like Winnipeg you're gonna, and Toronto. You're going to have NHL, AHL, Major Junior, Junior A. They're making it work in Winnipeg. How are they going to make it work here? That's a great question because of facilities. Jeez, Calgary and facilities, what a combination. So uh, where will they play? If, is the Saddledome able to handle an NHL team, an AHL team, the Hitman of the Western Hockey League, and the uh, National Lacrosse League Roughnecks? I don't know. That's a lot of dates. The one difference in Winnipeg, yes, the Moose and the Jets are in the same building, but the ice are not. So that's the difference. They'll probably have to go to something like that here and uh, find an alternate venue for one of the teams anyway. So, Well, what do you think, I don't know if you've talked about this with your friends, sports friends, what do you think the AHL team would draw here? I'm not sure because uh, it's so new. It's so different. Uh, I'm really not sure. I've never had that level of hockey here. Uh, is it? Would it be at the expense of the hitmen? Is there a new market unserved and untapped? I don't know. I can just say that in Winnipeg, they average around 2,500 to 3,000 from what I've seen and heard, and uh, that's for the moose. I would imagine it would be about the same here. Well, uh, Winnipeggers, we have a lot of viewers watching on Game Plus TV in Winnipeg. Let us know. I thought at one time... Actually, for a long time, the Moose led the AHL in a tennis, and I thought it was between seven and 8,000. The reason I ask, you're a lifelong Calgarian, and I would think that the Flames fans would love to go down and watch a Dustin Wolf if he is the heir apparent yep. in the crease. You know, to see the prospects coming, they know the game here, Mark. Yeah, 
Very much they do. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, but is there, would there be some saddle dome fatigue, too, of going down for a Flames night, heat night, Flames night, or whatever they call them, uh, the team every night. So I'm not sure, but I, I wouldn't rule it out. It'd certainly be nice to see those people that we've only ever heard about and uh, occasionally see clips on TV or talk to the coaches and that, and uh, you see them in a preseason game in September and then not again. I think it'll be interesting. It depends how they would market it. Um, I guess I just don't know. It's such an unknown but it certainly will help them in many regards, you know, to have the team nearby. Although, let's not forget, the AHL team goes on the road, too. So, uh, But anyway, it, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, we'll just see how it works out with Calgary here, uh, Abbotsford, and then uh, some of the other teams. Dougal Cameron writes in and says, Just enjoying the story exchanges between two iconic CFL broadcasters. Keep going, guys. Well, thank you, Dougal. That's very nice of you. But fire us a question. I would love some questions uh, if you don't mind. Listen, i got to say this. Um, I heard it said this week that the two best teams in the CFL right now are Winnipeg and Calgary. And I don't think there's an argument on that. Nope. But it's going to be a dogfight as it always is, to get out of the West and into the Grey Cup, right? Like, who's the best in the East? That is a fantastic question. I am just shocked at the diversity. Just, I mean, it's just awful. Disparity? Yeah, Yeah. that's the word, too. But uh, (laughs) it's awful. The East teams right now, Toronto's the best of them, and they're the the team I thought would come out of there. Uh, And still in the Yeah, but they're hardly a world beater themselves right now. Maybe they'll get going in time, but... uh, the other three, Hamilton, mega struggles. I think Ottawa, I'm just shocked that they've regressed. And Montreal, you know, the, all they can do is take penalties, it seems, and uh, cause problems. So, uh, no, I don't see uh, – I'm, re- I'm really shocked at the, who's going to come out. Maybe Could this be the first year we have a West-West Grey Cup? I would love to see it, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Especially so, when it's in the West, yep. in Saskatchewan like yep, that. Yep, somebody come through. Because it's just so, so one-sided, the uh, – the uh, disparity between the two divisions. CFL could use a story like that, too. It could use some good news. Yeah. Um, Danny Noonan watching on YouTube. He's a Hamilton fan. He says the Ticats are finally starting wide receiver Emmanuel Butler from the practice roster. The guy is 6'4", 230 pounds, and runs a 4'4", 40-yard dash. So he's excited for the Ticats at the Lions tonight in a cat fight. Kevin from Airdrie, who is a BC Lions fan... I'm going to see you tonight, Kevin. He says, is Rourke the real thing? I, my answer to that is yes. But My answer is I'm not prepared to say that today. Because? Four starts. His not first enough. three look pretty darn good. No question. No doubt about that. So I, I'm not saying he can't be. I'm just not prepared to hand the crown over to him just yet. Um, David in Winnipeg watching. Mark, can you recall the first Stampeders game you broadcast? Preseason or regular season? Uh, preseason was uh, here in Calgary against Saskatchewan. Then uh, first regular season game was 1996 in Saskatchewan. Memorable not only because it was uh, first regular season game, but because Jeff Garcia hit Terry Vaughn, 104-yard pass over the middle. That's one of the longest plays in Stampeders. Wow. Years. Yeah. It was really cool. Just flipped it over, and Terry just took it and took off. Now a flood of questions, as many pop into my mind. So I'm going to try and remember theirs, but I want to know what you think is the reason why the CFL West has just been so dominant against the East. I think I saw on TSN the other night, does 13-2 and sound right between the two? Sounds about right, yeah, yeah. And and I wonder why. I wrote a commentary on it saying it's because I think we take – 
football more seriously in the West, and the players have to answer for it to the media and the fans. But if that was the case, the NHL Canadian teams would be yeah. the best, and that's not a big thing. So maybe I'm all wet on that. Why do you think You know, that, that's a great question, because if it was ownership resources, the East would win. I mean, uh, the guy from Hamilton, you know that uh, Bob, Bob Young. Young is rich and spends it. He doesn't spend it. MLSE owns the uh, Toronto Argonauts. What they do with it's another story. Uh, you know, I don't know what the guys in Montreal uh, or in Ottawa, they've got some big backers there. I mean, the, you know, the three community-owned franchises are very big, as is Calgary Sports and Entertainment here. I don't know enough about Mr. Doman in Vancouver, except he's a well-to-do businessman. So I don't know. It's confusing because it's not like they're being starved of resources in eastern cities. or It's not like, uh, you know, there's people that don't care. They have great fans in Hamilton. I felt terrible for them last year when they didn't win the Grey Cup in their home stadium. I didn't care about the outcome, but just there was so much excitement there, and it didn't happen. Would Eastern Canada care if it was an all-West Grey Cup? I think they would. Yeah, I do too, I, I yeah. think, after a while. You know, Ottawa's, Ottawa has attendance problems, but I relate them directly to the on-field record. It's a great football town. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I remember my mom saying when uh, one of the teams came back, whether it was the <laughs> Renegades or the Red Blacks, and my mom, hardcore CFL yeah. fan, she goes, why are they giving Ottawa a team? It's been a disaster every time they've had one. And I'm like, mom, it's not Ottawa's fault. It's the CFL's fault. And the owners they brought in, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. But it's not the people of Ottawa's fault. I agree totally. It's yeah. a wonderful atmosphere there. Yeah. You brought up, <laughs> David in Winnipeg says, the scouts are better in the West. No. I don't think uh, so. No, uh, I don't think so. You know, uh, we're but just, I respect the opinion. Yeah, I mean, somebody got Zach Claris to Toronto first, right? Yeah, it was yeah, Jim just, Barker. Yeah, I'm just simply saying I don't. There are good scouts who happen to work for Eastern teams. Not that there's better scouts. In the you Eastern know side. these personnel guys like I do. They yeah. spin around like a yeah. carousel. Yeah, it's not. It's not an East-West thing nope. that way. No. Uh, well, and you look at Paul Jones and Sass, done a pretty good job, but for years in Edmonton. Edmonton yeah. Who's your guy? Was, is it Cole Huffnagel now? And Brandon Mahoney, yes, who they, do it as well. Yeah, they both do a tremendous yes, job. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason in uh, Red Deer. Mark, as somebody living in the city, do you have a theory as to why the Stampeders aren't selling out games despite being such a competitive team? Oh, boy, yeah. That's a great topic. It's you knew what would around a lot oh, eventually, yeah. Uh, well, I think, first of all, like all teams in the CFL, there's, there's a bit of a struggle to bounce back from COVID everywhere. That, that's it. I think people got out of the habit of going, and people discovered that they had another use for that, you know, $2,000, $2,500 they might spend on tickets and ancillary things around games. That's one. Number two, I, yes, I do believe the stadium is an issue. It's a problem here. Uh, kind of the uh, issue as well is... Uh, just the fact the team probably has taken a bit for granted with all their success, and uh, I think they've got to, you know, maybe uh, double down on some of their marketing efforts. I know they give it a good shot, but maybe you'll just have to do more on it. So it's a, it's a combination of things, but it is disturbing to see some of the small-ish crowds, at least early in this year. Well, and the interesting, I heard more buzz in the off-season about the Stamps than I have during the season. I don't know why that is. And that, that seems weird, but you see that Stampeders logo in, in uh, back windows, right? Like yep. bumper oh, stickers yeah. and hats and their merchandise, but I just don't hear the talk on the street as much. And I, I, don't, I just don't know why that is. Hey, was that ever, 25 years ago, did you hear it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people yeah. knew who things were, what was going on in that. Yeah, so uh, not exactly sure why, but it's a very fair question and uh, something that I know the organization is worried about and uh, just got to find a way to turn it around. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says the Stampeders' future is bright post-Huff. 
Well, that's interesting. It's pretty good. Is that imminent? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, he loves it. He's there first thing in the morning. Yes, they have some people in place that could take over, but uh, not something to spend a lot of time on because he likes it. He wants to be there. Well, okay, and we have breaking news. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have officially postponed Saturday's game against the Toronto Argonauts, which I told you on Thursday, Wednesday, that they would. And I should tell you, that's, look, man, I had a member of the crew that was working the game sent me a screenshot from his boss Wednesday. I'm obviously not going to say who it was, but he's like, the game's off. And I'm like, canceled or postponed? He sent me the screenshot. It's off. That was yesterday. Um, So I was pretty confident how it got from O'Day saying yesterday, oh, we'll decide Thursday and announce it then, I don't know. I know what I was told. And anyways, that's the breaking news. I don't know if you have any well, thoughts on that. but doesn't mean it's pushed back or going to be rescheduled. Yeah, Clark, what is it? Postponed or canceled? That's the one thing. Postponed. Oh, they Sunday. pushed it back a day. Okay, did you tell me that? Okay. Okay, so... Whatever, hope it works out. Uh, if that's what they need, that's what they need. Good for them. Because to try and reschedule the game, I think we saw the jam-up that Edmonton got into last year. It is not easy. It would involve juggling some other teams around, too, including Toronto. Let's not lose sight that Toronto is directly impacted by this. So, just see how it goes. But if it's the right thing to do for the players' health and safety, do it. Again, the breaking news, Toronto at Sask on Saturday, postponed to Sunday. That's what Clark's telling me. I wait for... Can you send me the announcement or where you've heard? Where'd you hear that, Clark? Uh, from the Rough Riders Twitter that the game has been postponed to Sunday. So that's the thing. With my story yesterday that I sent out, uh, people across the league were saying exactly that. Canceled, meaning forfeit to the Argos, and they don't want to do that. Obviously. Can I, like, maybe I don't understand the whole story here, so please set me straight. But, okay, I feel bad for the, say it's 10 players. Is that okay? It's yeah. 10 players. Why don't they get 10 players in the practice roster, though? And, like, I don't understand this. I'm sorry they can't play, but they didn't declare. You know, they're, they're off. Why can't they play Saturday with 10 players off the practice roster? To me, what's the difference? Long term, I get it. But for the purpose of the game, is there much difference between that and 10 guys roll their ankle in the same practice? Like, I don't, I don't get it quite exactly. I mean, I want everybody to be back to health. I'm really sorry they're ill. I don't want to be ill. I don't want you to be ill. I don't want anybody of our viewers to be ill, but, you know. If you got ill, or I get ill, the show goes on. Yeah. So I, I, I could be missing something very evident here, and I apologize in advance if I am. I don't understand it, though. Well, it's um, a lot of things about COVID don't make sense, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like our NHL teams, as far as you know, what other leagues are still testing? I've heard the CFL is the only league still testing. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah, I don't know. So, But uh, let's, I mean, again, I wish no ill, but what if... Uh, Schaefer Baker, really good receiver there. They were practicing today, and it happens. He came down, and he landed funny. You know, he misses the game. Somebody's got to fill in for him. That's my point. And, yeah. you know, wish him well. I, I don't want anybody to get sick, but I, I'm confused about the why is this being treated completely different? Unless there's other... Than any other injury. That's my point. You know, um, and this does impact Toronto. Let's not lose... This isn't a Saskatchewan-only story. Don't lose sight of that. The Argos have got a schedule to keep to, too. Which, by the way, they had way too many bye weeks at the start, but that's another story. So, I guess I hope somebody somebody set me straight. Again, I'm not trying to minimize the seriousness of COVID. If it can be, as we know, anything from a snuffle to far, 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 far more serious. But I just don't understand. 
We'll take a timeout and be back with more. Are you good for one more yeah. quick segment? Okay, yeah. Mark Steven with us, the voice of the Calgary Stampeders, iconic Calgary broadcaster. We'll be right back. We are at Great Eagle Resort and Casino, live at the Stage Bar. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network. It's channel 924 on Telesoptic Cable all across Alberta and B.C., and also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP Show continues and just ahead of more with Mark Steven. Uh, we have breaking news as we get into a sports update here. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders officially announcing that Saturday's home game against Toronto has been moved to Sunday at 5 p.m. at Mosaic Stadium due to the COVID outbreak with the green and white. From the NFL, the drama is over and the decision is in. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals have made a long-term commitment to each other with a new contract that would keep the quarterback in the desert through 2028. It is five years, $240 million. Wow. Can we throw this one at you? Yeah. I've ceased to be shocked by these huge deals. Obviously, somebody's got the money. I mean... Uh, baseball player Soto for Washington turns down 440, just not quite enough. Needed 441 to get it done. But anyways, <laughs> how far are we from the $100 million a year athlete? Well, by time, four or five years. What do you think? I, I, I agree. Uh, I, it would be in the NFL is, too, I would think. The NBA is paying some pretty amazing salaries too. You know, these guys renewing for 50 and stuff, $50 million a year. and I just wondered, you know, Few, many years ago, he could have bought a couple of franchises for $100 million. Now he's going to pay. Well, interestingly, NBA rosters are 12 guys. NFL rosters are 55 guys. Yep. Oh, yeah. And the NFL is a much bigger business than even yeah. the NBA, which in and of itself is a huge business. But I just, I just started thinking about that the other day. I, it's like when I watched that Soto thing, 440, you know, this is, somebody's got it, so I, don't, I shouldn't be mad about it. But when's it going to finally hit a billion-dollar you know, over 20 years or 10 years. Yeah, COVID really impacted baseball and NFL, right? Uh, by the way, and just continu- continuing, the Saskatchewan Rattlers will host the Guelph Nighthawks at 7.30 Thursday night at Sastel Center to match up with major playoff implications in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. The Rattlers and Nighthawks each enter Thursday's contest at 8-8 eight and eight in a battle for playoff seating. Again, 7.30 in Saskatoon. Be in Edmonton to see the next generation of international hockey stars and hear the roar of the hometown crowd. The World Juniors returns to Edmonton at Rogers Place from August 9th to the 20th. Purchase your tickets today at HockeyCanada.ca. You can get them as low as $40. We're also brought to you by Ballers Rec Room, your official home of slow pitch, open Wednesday to Sunday, and Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. Speaking of when we when will we ever see it, the viewers have questions for you, and BW sure. in Edmonton would like to know if you think we'll ever see the Canadian Football League in the Okanagan full-time and if they could support it. I'm skeptical. Uh, I just don't know if there's the population base there. Uh, Kelowna's nice. Uh, it's got a fine junior team there and everything. I'm not sure. I just don't know if they're, you know, between stadium issues and... I'm just not sure of the population base there. Maybe I misread something, but it'd be pretty easy to get players to go there, I can tell you that. But, but uh, I, I don't see it, no. And staff and all the rest. Yeah. Well, it's a real predicament that the, the CFL is in right now because from what I understand, and I have family there, and they are CFL fans, 
came from Saskatchewan, moved out there. They say there isn't a huge CFL imprint in the Okanagan, and now they're all Seahawks fans. Like, it's a chicken and the egg thing. It's sort of like, like what was your takeaway from Touchdown Atlantic? It looked great. Sure did. Yeah. Oh, it did look fantastic. Yeah. And uh, But I was in Halifax uh, back in March and just talking to people. I didn't you know, take a survey or anything, but just... The sense is that there was momentum building towards the stadium or upgrading the soccer stadium there, but it hit a brick wall with COVID because the priorities on city council just changed so completely, and that got shoved to the bottom of the barrel. It's not to say they couldn't revive it, but it's a long way. That's the sense I got. Uh, The downer question is the usual one. I can't remember who asked it, but they want to know if you think we'll ever see a new football stadium in Calgary in our lifetime. Oh, boy, yeah. I worry about that a lot because the current one is decaying. Never be the worst stadium in the league, though, as long as Molson Stadium's in business. But anyway. And older, too, right? McGill's older, isn't it? McGill's a museum. (laughs) That's a museum. Have you seen it? Of course you've seen it, yeah. McMahon's got problems. I'm not here to minimize them. But uh, McGill, yeah, the, the dressing room stalls are two feet above your head. And anyway, it's a nice view, though. Um, you know, the thing people don't understand, they, outside of Calgary, that land is owned and administered by the University of Calgary. And through the McMahon Stadium Board, which has public representatives, city representatives, and university representatives, the university basically just wants to watch the land value appreciate because it's very desirable land. They basically said it's beyond their needs, which it is. They'll make essential maintenance only, such as they took the uh, speaker down from the middle of the stadium. They also do, you know, just that behind-the-scenes stuff. They've done a few little touch-ups here and there, and, you know, the unsexy stuff, like uh, upgrade plumbing and stuff like that, but it's got to be done, so... That's it. So Yeah, I wonder why. I was at Commonwealth for your game up there a couple of weeks ago. Why they can have their speakers still hanging there and you can't. I wondered that, too. And I started <laughs> to get a little, I looked at there a little nervously there. Yeah. Because it's actually a little older. And yeah. Uh, last one, and then we'll let Mark go. But, man, we got to do this again. Sure. Uh, Nelson, he's a younger viewer. And I wonder how much he followed the CFL in the 90s. And you tell me, Nelson, what the answer to that is. But he said, when will we see the CFL hit a average $1 million salary in the cap era. Well, average, maybe never, but we saw million-dollar quarterbacks in the 90s. Yeah. What a wild time, yeah. the 1990s in the CFL. Was. That's when they had the marquee player rule. So there were yeah. $1 million-a-year players. and uh, We all know them. The viewers know them. Yeah. They're on TV now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, except for Doug Flutie, but yeah. TV in the U.S. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to think that was a model that could work and, uh, you know, it would attract different type of people. Uh, the million-dollar average, I'm with you. That means you'd have to sustain about a $50 million payroll. I, I don't see that coming. That's one thing that will not happen in my lifetime. Um, but, uh, you know, is the marquee player rule something worth considering? I don't know. I, I think the caliber of football is pretty good right now, to tell you the truth. It is very good. You know, yeah. and... Uh, I'm not opposed to it, though, if it helps improve things and, you know, if the pie increases a little bit through the years. Uh, I well, know. you know, that 90s thing comes up so often. And did you ever read Ed Willis's book, End Zones and Border Wars? Yeah. How good was that? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading it. I'll never forget. I was flying to Tampa in 2012. I read it the whole way. It was a five-hour flight, and I read the whole book. I couldn't put it down. <laughs> I was laughing so hard because I was around, but there's a lot of stuff you forget, right? If, yeah. that, if there was ever a 30 for 30 documentary. Yeah, that would be that, very good, yeah. That would be that. It sure would. And yeah. you could see why ESPN would be interested because they had the American teams. Yeah. 
And now, while you weren't the voice, you just missed that. Yep. Right, because you came in 96. After the expansion, yeah, you asked Well, that. I do remember, and these guys aren't with the CFL anymore, and I don't want to name them, but they said, Rod, would you stop? This is about 10 years ago. They said, would you stop bringing up the 90s on your shows and your blogs and your columns? And I said, why? It was so much fun. Yep. And they said, it's embarrassing to the league. Do you no, feel that it was? Yes, the whole expansion was. Yeah? Not the, uh, you know, the teams playing in inadequate stadiums, uh, in the way the attendance fell off once high school and college Down football there. got going. Yeah, yeah. Not, for the, not for the Canadian teams, but for the league as an entity. Yeah, I think it was a pretty uh, awkward thing with franchises folding, Bill Hunter sitting there ready to announce a franchise in Orlando, except there was no franchise to announce and stuff like that. <laughs> That's so, funny stuff to me. Yeah, it is funny, but you asked about from a – it is hysterical, <laughs> I won't lie. But from a league perspective, the question was whether it damaged the league. I certainly think it did not enhance the league's image. Buy the book, folks, if you really yeah. want to know uh, what went on. And if also if you want to know why we're doing what we're doing over here, I'm telling you. And again, I don't, I'll tell you off air who it was that said that to me. But I, I don't want to be told what to say or not to say. Yeah, no, I understand yeah. that. I'm just, but I, I just think the league as a whole, I mean, it was fun. Matt Dunnigan playing for the Birmingham Barracudas. And still comes up yeah. all the time. Damon Memphis Allen Matt Dogs, was yeah. with Memphis. Yeah, right? you know, and Don Matthews in Baltimore. and uh, Mike Saunders yeah. with San Antonio. Yeah. I don't know. It's, probably, it's like that uncle... We don't talk about it. Yeah. It's, well, he's still part of the family. Yeah, oh, no, it happened. I'm not going to debate that it happened. Baltimore was a good team. But collectively, as a whole, the rush to expand, the way the franchise was continuously well, yeah. shuffled. And so I don't think I, – I understand what the stakes were, but I don't know how well it was handled. All right, Mark. Enjoy the rest of the bye. Appreciate you spending uh, some time with us. Yep, back to action uh, on the 30th. I hope that game big is game. anywhere as close to being as exciting and dramatic as the game was in Winnipeg. On the Very 15th. big that game, yes. Yeah. We'll be back with viewer takeover for Taco Time right after this. You're watching the RP Show live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino. We're also live streaming on YouTube, and you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Oh, look at that day. Look at that day. In the foothills, not a lot of clouds. 26 and sunny. <clears throat> Let's bring uh, the moose in, if you don't mind. For our American viewers, of which there are more than I would have thought. Now, that's 78 moose. But I don't know. It's, it's a warmer, dry heat here as we welcome you back to the program. I, I'm, I appreciate you chiming in. You didn't want to take the rest of the day off? No, I can never stay away from here for too long. So I love it. Well, I think we covered a lot of ground uh, with Mark Stephen there and our our uh, viewers and everything. I'm just I'm reading the comments. Obviously, the breaking news. How do you feel about that? The Rough Riders game has been postponed from Saturday until Sunday. I can't. Wouldn't you like to have been a fly on the wall in those meetings to see how they deduced that it would be moved back 24 hours? Well, my first thought is, you know, that's like trying to fill a hole in the boat with a wet paper bag or a Kleenex, right? I mean, I don't know if 24 hours is going to be enough to to get things settled down and to get you a, a roster worth playing. I kind of thought we'd be looking at Monday or Tuesday. I really did. But maybe it will be enough, and here's hoping they'll play Sunday. But I'm still doubtful of that. 
Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Well, this, yeah, the same guy, Moose, that told me yesterday was postponed, texted me here at the top of the hour to say that they'd moved it to Sunday, and I didn't get to it because Mark and I were talking. I didn't get to it on time. And uh, so when I made that report on Wednesday that the game had been postponed, my phone blew up with CFL people saying, and fans saying, when are they going to play this game? I mean, this is not, I think people need to understand. And I think they do know the amount of people that go to sports games. That's our viewers. It's not a small yeah. thing to move a game back 24 hours. Like, from a hotel, you know, flight, uh, flights, obviously, all that stuff. It's not a small thing to even do that. Oh, by the way, my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat says a couple things. Sure hope the Riders are healthy enough to win on Sunday, including Fajardo. And she says, Darren got a great tan at the cottage. How about that? Got a lot of sun out Thank there. Yeah, ton of sun. It's been awesome. Uh, a lot of time on the water, on the paddleboard, on the boat, and uh, the summer's been great. BW in Edmonton says Darren Dupont could run the Okanagan CFL team. Is that something you might be interested in? Probably not. I mean, don't get me wrong. At some point, it would be fun to run a run a pro sports team, but not in this chapter of my life right now. But Thanks for the suggestion. Uh, I got to apologize. Again, Mark and I got so ensconced in conversation that I overlooked some of these text messages here, and I apologize. I said to Dougal Cameron here in Calgary, wow, hey, send us some questions here. What was the best game you've ever called, each of you? I just saw it. So I'll have to um, maybe save that for the next time Mark comes back. I'll tell you, best game I ever called. It depends what you're looking at. For sure, emotion. I always say the 2013 Grey Cups, Saskatchewan having their way with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, 45-23 at Taylor Field, the greatest day in provincial history. It was a big one. But the 23-19 victory in the 2007 Grey Cup for Saskatchewan over Winnipeg, calling it in Skydome, where they stuck us in the end zone and said, you're going to the... End zone. We're not putting you. TSN's got the main. I'm, I, I'm just happy to be in the building, which you understand as a broadcaster, Darren. Yeah. I'm just happy to have the opportunity to call the game. Um, I'll often think about the Canada Day comeback, July 1st, 2010. Saskatchewan coming down back from 21 points down in a Grey Cup rematch, a hot day at Taylor Field. Were you at that one, by the, by the way? Um, I was not at that one. That was one I missed, but I watched it. Well, you went to, you mean you listened to it. You went to yes. several, uh, how many Ryder games a year would you get to back in the day? Oh, boy. Until I started covering the team, I would make probably three or four home games for sure, especially when I was traveling and coming out of Saskatoon. And then obviously being in Regina, you make most of them. Uh, we got a few minutes left here uh, for anybody that wants to comment in in the chat. It is uh, Taco Time viewer takeover. And by the way, it is for the love of burritos. Buy one, get one half off at Taco Time. Calgary, as you know, is a Taco Time mecca. I have a tough time believing that Edmonton would be any less, as is Regina. And Estevan Moose Jaw, where they have a Taco Time cantina. And I'm wondering what that is. I think it means it's licensed where they serve mm. booze. That's what I think, Moose. I think that. That's my yeah. guess. Um, Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, I feel sorry for the Argos. I don't, because some of the people that were writing me were Argos people, saying, 
Uh, when are they going to play this game? Because they hadn't been informed of being the game being suspended or postponed, although I had been. And I'm like, I don't know when they're going to play it. This affects a lot of people, uh, obviously. Yeah. I do feel sorry for the Toronto Argonauts. I'm happy for them that they're going to be able to play and not have to reschedule this till later in the week or later in the season. It's actually better for the Argos than it is for the Riders, not because you know of any less snafus, but you're not worried about your fan base or selling tickets. You know, when you're moving a game to Sunday, that's not so bad when it comes to ticket sales. But if they have to move to Monday or Tuesday, and people are going back to work, that makes it really difficult when it comes to trying to organize travel. Last minute of play in the RP show. Last minute. By the way, this is, would be a good time to tee up tomorrow's show. What's an hour one tomorrow, Clark? Oh, perfect. Danny Austin will be here. The guy that said Rod's going to Rod. Danny's going to be here. That's going to be great. And then Rich Sutter an hour two. We're deviating from our normal football Friday because when you got a Sutter that's willing to show up and spend an hour, you give it to him, a member of hockey's uh, first family. So that's tomorrow. And maybe we'll talk about Matthew Kachuk landing spots. Where do you think he's going to go, Moose? Let's end this where we started. Where's Matthew Kachuk going to be playing this fall? I like the St. Louis talk. I, I really do. I could see him going to St. Louis. That would be cool. I'm with you. I think it's a fit, and I think they could get some really good players back. Thank you to Mark Steven. Thank you to Luke Elvey. Thank you, Moose, for coming back in. And most of all, the viewers, of course, will see you Friday, noon Eastern, here at Game Plus. At- Nerds!